0: Not only is today the first full day of autumn, but September 23rd is also the Great American National Pot Pie Day. Granted, this fake holiday was created by the manufacturer of one brand of savory pies. But the days that follow are for festive feasts of fall food. Fuel, perhaps, for more installments of Charlottesville community engagement. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. On today's show... Today is the first day of early voting across Virginia. John's CEO goes before Charlottesville City Council to give an update. A public hearing over air rights for a new pedestrian bridge at UVA over Emmett Street is delayed. Charlottesville City Council follows staff's recommendation on lowering speed limits on Cherry Avenue. And Charlottesville City Council approves a special use permit for 119 units on Jefferson Park Avenue despite having misgivings. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, WTJU 91.1 FM wants you to know about the Charlottesville Albemarle Black Business Expo, coming up tomorrow at the Ix Park from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Vendor registration for the all-day event has closed, but it will feature DJ sets panel discussions, a business pitch contest, and live music from both Rochelle Claiborne and Ebony Groove. Learn more about the event at blackbusinessexpo.org. There are 46 days until Election Day, which means the window to vote early in Virginia has now opened. People who would like to vote and are eligible can register through October 17th. This is the first election since new congressional districts were drawn by special masters and approved by the Virginia Supreme Court late last December. For more information, there is a link to various ways to vote, depending on if you live in Albemarle, Charlottesville, Fluvanna, Green, Louisa, or Nelson. Please check the link in the newsletter. On Monday night, Charlottesville City Council heard the first of two readings on $30,000 toward a governance study being overseen by the Thomas Jefferson Planning District to determine the best way to move toward a regional transportation authority. I'll have more details on that in a future installment of the program, but earlier in the meeting, Council got a presentation from Ted Reek, the Executive Director of Jaunt. Our sole
1: purpose for existing is to really empower people, give them independence in their lives. Uh, People want to have their own um, uh,
0: way of living, and we think our transportation service provides people that opportunity. Jaunt was formed in 1975 as a paratransit agency intended to give rides to senior and disabled individuals to medical appointments. In recent years, under a different CEO, Jaunt began providing fixed-route commuter service to Crozet and the North Fork Discovery Park, among other areas. Reek said Jaunt wants to also be a provider of microtransit service that works on demand.
1: We think people's lives will be better served by a more spontaneous transportation system, and we're looking at doing that in different parts of our service area.
0: That service area, by the way, is a 2,700-square-mile area, much larger than either Charlottesville Area Transit or the university transit system. In the meantime, Jaunt is also stepping up marketing efforts to attract riders who stopped using the service during the pandemic. Reek made no immediate mention of the Regional Transit Vision Plan or the governance study that's underway to determine how to move toward a regional transportation authority. He also didn't mention that CAT won the grant to provide microtransit in Albemarle County during a pilot project expected to begin next year. City Councilor Michael Payne asked Reek how he saw Jaunt fitting into all of that work. Reek said Jaunt is participating and hopes to be part of the future.
1: The model that exists in the Richmond area has independent systems kind of being coordinated by an authority. So that's one particular model. Another model is a combined transit system, you know, one agency doing all things. So a lot will depend upon what that study shows.
0: Reek also said Jaunt would like to bid on the microtransit service to be piloted in Albemarle. If not, they will seek to offer microtransit elsewhere, Reek also appeared before City Council in July. You can read my story on that appearance in a link in the newsletter. John's annual shareholder meeting is on October 12th. I'll have more on regional transit from the September 22nd meeting of the Regional Transit Partnership in a future edition of the program. The University of Virginia plans to build a new pedestrian bridge over Emmett Street, just north of an existing one that crosses from the Curry School of Education to Brown College at Monroe Hill. The new structure would span from the new Contemplative Commons building to Newcomb Hall Plaza. Here's James Freese, the city's director of Neighborhood Development Services.
2: So this new bridge is both in a better location for pedestrian circulation and would be fully ADA accessible.
0: The bridge will be 23 and a half feet above Emmett Street. That exceeds the city's requirement that a bridge be 16 feet or below, which requires permission from the city. That requires a public hearing, but there was an advertising error. Now, unfortunately, there was the, uh, the required advertisement was not put in uh, for the public hearing tonight. So we are. It, uh, it appears that we are going to have to take up this item again at your next meeting and conduct a public hearing at that time. There was something in the staff report that did not come up during the discussion, which is worth mentioning for those interested in following along with Charlottesville's efforts to get moving on smart scale projects that have not yet been built. Here's a long quote from the staff report. Staff's consideration of this request was supported by the resolution of an obstacle that had been holding up advancement of the Emmett Street Streetscape project. Property acquisition costs, primarily those for university-owned land along Emmett near the Ivy Road intersection, had placed that project well over budget. Given the university's strong interest in the completion of that project, they have agreed to providing the necessary easement at no cost so that the project can move forward in conjunction with their development in the Ivy Corridor. More on the pedestrian bridge and smart scale projects and a lot of other transportation related stuff in future editions of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Cherry Avenue runs for a mile and a half through central Charlottesville and serves as a major roadway for people seeking to get to the University of Virginia Health System. It also runs through a residential neighborhood and passes by both Johnson Elementary School and Buford Middle School. That's not the only reason people have been asking for the speed limit to be lowered, but it's a big reason for why it's happening now. Here is Brennan Duncan, the city's traffic engineer.
2: Especially with the renewed uh, push for safe routes to schools um, and the recent school bus shortage, um, you know, staff's attention has been
0: redirected to some of our older efforts. The reduction of the speed limit is also high on the list of tasks that the Fifeville Neighborhood Association would like the city to undertake. Sarah Malpas is the vice president of the Fifeville Neighborhood Association. The Neighborhood Association is very much in support of changing the speed limit um, to 25 miles per hour and um, certainly excited to see um, the
1: recommendations for any reduction but, but very much hoping that you all will consider um, reducing the entire portion of the road that's under consideration for a new speed limit to 25 miles
0: an hour. Duncan's recommendation was to lower the limit to 25 miles per hour from Cleveland Avenue to Roosevelt Brown Boulevard and to 30 miles per hour from the section from Roosevelt Brown to Ridge Street.
2: Um, This is much more of a commercial nature, connects directly to Ridge Street um, with its speed limit of 40 miles an hour, which was recently reduced, um, and is on the direct route to the UVA hospital.
0: Hearing the concern of the Fifeville Neighborhood Association, City Councilor Brian Pinkston asked a question. I mean, what would be the objection to, to lowering the section
3: from Ridge to Roosevelt Brown by another five miles an hour?
2: I mean, I believe the objection is, is that if you do so, you're just creating a, a situation in which police have to enforce a speed limit that probably will not be adhered to.
0: Vice Mayor Juan Diego Wade said he used to make similar recommendations for speed limits when he worked for Albemarle County as a transportation planner. He supported Duncan's recommendation.
2: No, I I concur with staff. I literally did hundreds of these when I did planning for the county for a lot of neighborhood streets in the county.
0: Mayor Lloyd Snook said he didn't want to second-guess city staff, but pointed out a problem.
1: The crosswalks at the bottom of the hill by Tonsler Park are some of the most dangerous crosswalks we've got in the city right now.
0: Traffic calming efforts have already been installed at that location, including narrowing lanes, installing a bump out, and putting in a rapid flashing beacon. Pinkston said he would support 25 miles an hour all the way to Ridge Street. People in the neighborhood have asked for that. It seems like a small
3: uh, thing to do. Um, perhaps it sets up a situation where it can't be enforced, but um, I know there, there's going to be more good things happening on Cherry in that area, and the small area plan, I guess, called for that.
0: In recent years, there's been a resurgence of activities at Tonsler Park, including a vibrant basketball league that attracts hundreds of people on game day. A new trail connecting Tonsler Park to Blue Ridge Commons in 7th and a Half Street will open on October 1st. Woodard Properties has purchased the former Estes IGA and plans to redevelopment, and are currently updating the facade of the Cherry Avenue Shopping Center. They purchased that within the last two years. With Councillor Cena McGill absent, Michael Payne's vote would determine if the item would get a majority, if there would be a stalemate, or if the matter would be deferred to another meeting when all councillors were present.
2: I would say my instinct is that 25 the whole way is the, would be the best, but because I'm not a traffic engineer and I have absolutely no knowledge of that world, I have a really hard time feeling in any way confident about that instinct because I have no idea what the implications or engineering reasons for the recommendation
0: are. That left a stalemate, and both Pinkston and Snook opted to support Duncan's recommendation rather than wait for a deciding vote. you are listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and since the very beginning of this newsletter, one Patreon supporter who has been there since the beginning has used his shout-out to draw your attention to the work of the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Campaign. The campaign is a coalition of grassroots partners, including motivated citizens and volunteers, partner organizations, and local governments who want to promote the use of native plants. We're now in the autumn, and if you're already looking forward to the spring... This is the time to learn about what you need to plan to attract pollinators who will keep native species going. To learn more, visit PlantVirginianatives.org to download Piedmont Native Plants, a guide for landscapes and gardens. With one person absent, the Charlottesville City Council has unanimously approved a special use permit for additional height and density on Jefferson Park Avenue. They did so despite concerns from three councillors that did not rise to the level of a no vote. Aspen Heights is a developer of student housing projects across the United States based in Austin, Texas. They needed the special use permit for additional density and to increase the height from 45 feet to 75 feet. There were other changes as well, according to city planner Matt Alfale. Reduced the rear yard setback from the required 75 feet to 36 feet and reduce the on-site parking by
2: 22% of what is required by code. These modifications to a by-right density and form are being requested in order to build a 119-unit multifamily
0: building. The public hearing had been held in May. At that time, Aspen Heights was offering $500,000 towards the city's affordable housing fund rather than build units that would be required under the city's existing rules to set aside some units for below market rentals. Those rules are currently being rewritten to include an inclusionary zoning provision that could require units to be built on site. In May, the Planning Commission voted four to three to approve the permit.
2: The overall takeaway from the Planning Commission or from the public hearing for both the City Council and Planning Commission was that a buy right development on the subject property would not meet the city's needs, but the SUP request
0: should be adjusted to create a better development. The developer's representatives, Mitchell Matthews Architects and Planners, made very few changes between the May public hearing and Council's vote. Aaron Hannigan is with Mitchell Matthews Architects and Planners. While well, we did uh, agree to change the site plan to uh, have a three-foot buffer along Jefferson Park Avenue followed by a seven-foot sidewalk, those updates Are not reflected in the site plan that you're looking at. Those changes have been made as part of a way to reduce the massing, according to Kevin Riddle of Mitchell Matthews. Acting as the entrance corridor review board, the city's planning commission voted 7 to 0 in May that the project would have an adverse effect, but it could be mitigated.
1: And that the building that we proposed so far could adopt certain revisions um, that that
2: would bring the massing and scale um, to something that. you know, the ERB would agree is, is um, something appropriate for the neighborhood.
0: Another change announced Monday night altered the calculus for council. Hannigan said Aspen Heights agreed to now increase the contribution to the Affordable Housing Fund. A donation letter she referred to was not in the packet for the meeting. Our client has offered an additional donation to the Charlottesville Affordable Housing Fund to reflect the difference between our current affordable housing policy based on an 80% AMI and the anticipated future policy at 60% AMI. This brings the total contribution to over 1 million. The project had the support of Councillor Brian Pinkston.
3: The um, slides that just took us through, um, I think are indicative of thoughtful ways that professionals would, would work to take a building this size and actually harmonize it better with the neighborhood.
0: Obviously, this is going to be a big building. The slides Pinkston referred to were not available in the council packet. Vice Mayor Juan Diego Wade said he would support it, but still had concerns about the massing and the affordability. He said he would still prefer the developer to build the units on site. The
2: previous presentation that it's that it would take um, our nonprofits um, about $200,000 to build a a an affordable unit. And if we're looking at nine, eight or nine, or eight to ten units, um, that's, you know, a million dollars doesn't quite um, get there.
0: The cost to construct each unit would be $350,000, according to a representative from Aspen Heights. City Councilor Michael Payne initially said he had a hard time voting yes due to the fact that the Seaville Plans Together process is not yet complete. If it was, he said this project might not be consistent.
2: The concern I have with the projects is just the gray area where we haven't yet finished our future land use map or the inclusionary zoning program. Under our future land use map, this would be a mixed-use urban corridor, which is up to five stories of height except for key intersections, which would be up to eight. Um, And staff determined that this would not be a key intersection, Um, so it would be five stories rather than eight.
0: Payne voted for the project despite his concerns.
2: I don't think this is as ideal as we would want When, if we're thinking about the goals of our, how we're going to implement and evaluate projects as part of our future um, rezoning and comprehensive plan update.
0: Charlottesville Mayor Lloyd Snook said every infill development has problems that will affect neighbors.
2: And the
1: question is can we hold those negative impacts down to a reasonable level? Can we mitigate uh, the impacts that are going to come? The one that I find, I, I wonder whether it is possible to do something about is whether there is some way to do something to widen the roads on either side.
0: Snook was referring to Washington Street and Observatory Avenue, the side streets off of JPA. He asked if the developers would give up three feet for right-of-way. Hannigan said that would change the entire project. The next question I would say is, are you going to ask all the other properties on the street for the same um, distance so that it's equivalent um,
1: Nobody else is asking for a special use permit.
0: Still, Snook said he was generally in favor of approval. The Planning Commission will have to approve a Certificate of Appropriateness before the project can proceed. They do that as the Entrance Corridor Review Board. City Council will have no further involvement. Pinkston made the motion to approve the special use permit and said it would take at least a year for the Seaville Plans Together process to be wrapped up. And we have a real need for housing now, like everyone um, acknowledges. Pinkston said the materials Hannigan showed to council during the discussion helped persuade him. These materials were not made available for the public review before Monday night.
3: I have confidence that the professionals involved, as well as the professionals that we've put on the Planning Commission, um, will be thoughtful in the sort of final design that's put forward uh, for this project.
0: City Council and the Planning Commission meet on Tuesday for a work session on the draft Zoning Diagnostic and Approach Report. More details either in the next week ahead or in a future installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. And that's the end of this particular program, episode 435. And this is a reminder that Town Crier Productions is not a nonprofit. I worked for one for 11 years, but the makeup of the board changed. And management changed. More on that perhaps in the future. But I do ask for you to purchase a subscription if you want this to continue either at the normal month or the founding member rate or whatever Substack calls it. My true belief is that a democracy cannot function or even be called a democracy if there is not information about what elected officials actually do. You can decide for yourself what information you want to pay to help produce. But I can assure you that a paid subscription to Substack or a Patreon contribution to Town Crier Productions goes 100% into this product. And if you do subscribe through Substack, Ting will match your initial contribution. And if you do sign up for Ting, through a link in the newsletter you will get a free standard installation, your second month for free, and a $75 downtown mall gift card. Enter the promo code COMMUNITY to get those benefits and thank you to Ting. Music in the podcast version comes from a musical entity known as Vraki. A musical entity that you can find out more about if you purchase the album Regret Everything. That's on Bandcamp. You can pay what you want. Thank you, Vraki, for the sonic interstitials. Finally today, want to know when the next edition of this program is going to come out? Follow Town Crier Productions on Twitter for that and all sorts of breaking news and information and all sorts of stuff. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this program, and thank you very much for listening. And if you didn't listen, well, then you're not hearing this. So I guess this is just wasted space. That's like a Pink Floyd song. Does anybody know a Pink Floyd song called Wasted Space? Is that the one? Anyway, thank you very much and goodbye.